0: Hello, my friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. It is Tuesday night, sometime after 10 o'clock. And the Mavs out of the Detroit Pistons. It's one of the nicer games that I've had this year because I was tired. I was not really ready to recap the game. In fact, I forgot that I was doing it until about midway through the second quarter. Then had to go rewatch and catch up because that's just... You know, part of what recapping a game is about. And then what I figured is that there's just not much to, to take away from this game. The Mavericks beat a very bad team, and they beat that very bad team like that team was very bad. So it's really nice. Uh, perhaps we'll have a shorter group therapy because there's not as much to say. But depends on what you guys would like to do tonight. So coming up first um, is my friend Chris. Uh, as always, guys, remember when I bring you up on stage, it instamutes you. So you need to unmute yourself and we will hear your takes and then uh head on with our evening. Chris, what's up? Hey Kirk, how's it going? You know, I'm I'm tired. It has <laughs> been a it, it, it has been a day where like like this is a stupid thing, but like I have a big, dumb, goofy dog that I love to death who threw up at, like, 3 in the morning. (laughs) And so it's just that this day feels like six weeks long. So how's your day going?
1: Oh, I got a a flashback to throw up, a dog throw up or dog dookie. Yeah, (laughs) the Sixers game, right, when it went really late, I was ready to go to bed. You know, it's like 1230, and I, like, stepped into a big pile of diarrhea dookie, like, 1230 at night. It took me forever to clean that off my flip-flops, but... Anyway, going to, going to this game, uh, yeah, the first six minutes of the game uh, seemed like, oh, no, not again against a bad team. And then after that, you know, uh, we just took care of business. I mean, there's not really much to say besides, like I said the other night, with Reggie Bullock, Jesus Christ, like he's just in a rhythm right now. He's just – he knows he's going to be getting touches. He doesn't have to worry about it. Just he, – he's just in a good, good spot. And um, this is just looking really great for, you know, when the playoffs come – this is good. Hopefully, and we got two more days left until the trade deadline. They can just get one playmaker on the team to, you know, let's just make a run at it. So, And that's not even counting. We, we're still missing KP. Uh, I'm like 99% sure they're not trading KP by the, the deadline. But is there any reason why he's still like out this long? I mean, is that injury against the the Pacers? And when he, he went out with a sore knee, uh, bone bruise or whatever, it didn't. Seemed like it was pretty bad to me. I, I don't know what's going on right now.
0: Well, Kendrick Nine of the Lakers has missed four months with the bone bruise, if you want to know what the darkest timeline looks like. Ooh. So, uh oh. Shut her down to the playoffs kind of thing. Well, uh, he actually posted on his on his Instagram feed during the game that he thinks he'll be back soon. So okay, no, okay. I don't really like the concept of a bone bruise because it covers, like it feels like a catch all for a bunch of different stuff. His knee's not feeling good is, is kind of what I like to think. And so it <clears throat> it's the sort of thing where I'm choosing to be optimistic until there's a reason not to be.
1: Yeah. And I'm having a great feeling around are We're, we're doing good. I mean, KP's been out, but I mean, we won at home with ele- the last 11 out of 13 games. And those two games were against bad teams, I believe. So, um, I mean, we're on a good roll. Just, uh, we're playing. I might even go to the Clippers game on Thursday. Uh, I've been thinking about it, too, to be honest. I'm going
0: to be looking at ticket prices for both those games. Um, I've still yet to go with my knucklehead child. But, you know, if, if for those of you who have young children, like at a certain point, they turn into gremlins. And so it's like these later yeah. games. I'm just like, I don't know if I can yeah. do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, my uh, nine-year-old, every time I want to go, which he can't go on us Because I live like four hours away from mm-hmm. Dallas. Like he's not going to be able to go that night. He's going to be like mad at me if I go. <laughs> and I can't yeah. go Saturday because he, he's got a YMCA games going on. Uh, well, but do, do, other, do. Uh, last thing. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, about a uh, trade stuff. Uh, oh yeah. 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 Is there anything that's keeping us? I know the CJ McCollum, we missed out on that. Karis LaVert. I mean, is it because we're missing or we're not having our draft picks enough draft capital, I guess, picks uh, to give out right now? Is that why they're kind of really not doing anything? They're just, we just don't I have think so. There, I guess pretty much. I also think
0: they're not that interested. Um, I think they're trying to move off of Tim really mm-hmm. hard. Is what I would, and I'm not sourced. This is my like guessing. I don't really do sourcing because
1: the only upside to sourcing is being wrong. But now people are in the summertime kind of thing because no nobody's mm-hmm. going to want him right now. Uh, That's right. Being well, algorithm. you know,
0: I don't know because like if if you want to like. Like, there's some weird stuff with, like, Washington and Spencer Dinwiddie because everyone hates him there. So, like, I think there's some, like, like outsized, like, let's put it, if we were to put a percentage on it, like, a 5% chance the Mavericks could do something weird with Tim. But I just, I don't see it at the moment. But you never know what happens. Like, people get weird around trade deadlines, teams and stuff, too. So, you know, uh, this is the first year in the past three where I wouldn't have blamed them for doing anything. Cause again, they're nine games over 500 right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, in your, in your opinion, I know it's, I kind of think too far ahead, but I really feel we're just locked into this fourth, you know, worst case scenario, six spot, you know, fourth through six, you know, Minnesota just keeps winning. It's like, right. they're going on five games right now. Do you think? Would it be a bad thing if we go against the Jazz? I mean, I know Ingles is no, out this season, but I I don't think it'd be a bad thing because, in my opinion, the way the modern
0: game favors favors offensive players over defensive ones, and I think um, that as unbelievable as Rudy Gobert is, Luca would put him in jail. It's it's just you know, and Mitchell, who as talented a player as he is, he relies. A lot
1: on getting hot from three point from three mm. point range, like that's we're good on de- we're good on defense this year. And if I, if Luca plays like the way I witnessed him in person against the Clippers, I mean, really the last two years, I mean, Jesus, like we're going to be good. And that's not counting if KP can stay healthy. I, either way, I, like the Jazz, the Grizzlies, I I just have a great feeling that we're going to get past the first round. That's that's all my focus is this year. Is like it doesn't matter what our record is if we're not getting past the first round. This is just it's just going to be an epic disappointment. So, but I agree. Uh, hopefully I'll go to the game on Thursday and either way, hopefully get a win. So let keep, right. keep it rolling. So. Yep. Talk soon, Chris. Thanks for joining. Yes, sir.
0: So I do recommend everyone go try to find the clip. Um, Worldwide. Wob had it of one of the Morris brothers, whichever one's on the Clippers, just cheap shot in the shit at a Jean Morant, And it just, it's a, it's a healthy reminder of why we hate those fuckers. Um, just, just pure sports hate It's just injected into my veins. Gets me feeling spicy um wow okay we have a lot of people so coming up next jordan haven't seen you in here jordan and i haven't seen you in a while jordan how are you hit that unmute button on the main page So we'll see if it actually lets you do it because some people that uh the app needs to be updated so we'll see how it goes
2: okay
0: jordan will bring you back on if you're able to figure it out grayson what's up Can't have two straight listeners not knowing how to hit unmute. There we hey, go. Hey,
3: hey, hey! I, I'm I'm here. Sorry, Kirk. How's it going? It's- oh, you know, I have a lot of like scrambled thoughts from tonight because you know they just beat a bad team. So, I was sad that we didn't get to see Cade because um, I was kind of looking Me forward too. to this game for that. Um, I haven't gotten to I haven't gotten to watch him much this year. To be honest with you, before you said uh, his name, I kind of forgot Tim Hardaway Jr. existed because of how well Reggie's played. Um, shooting 44.5% from three his last five games. Um, really like what I'm seeing from Reggie. But you think you think they'll move on from Timmy at the deadline?
0: No, I think that they're trying to move on from Timmy at the deadline. I don't think they're actually going to be able to. I mean, he's hurt, and he has three full years after this. It's just he's a shooter, and can you make the argument to a certain team that, oh, you know, in a different system, he'll figure something out. I mean, I bought – I don't remember whose theory it was, but it was Sheridan here, actually, was the person who put me on it, that part of Tim Hardaway's struggles is that he's being asked to do things that he's just not good at, which is he needs to catch the ball and shoot it. Catch the ball and shoot it. And the dribbling and the – you know, just read and react stuff that I don't think he's good at is part of why I think he's struggling here, but he is an elite catch-and-shoot guy. Like, he's just good at it, and I, I believe he'll figure it out once he gets his foot right. So, I don't know. I expect him to still be a Maverick at trade deadline, but that's just kind of my where my brain is going if they were going to move someone, because Brunson's off the table, Dorian's off the table. There's really nobody left that that might be. Yeah,
3: I just don't see how they can really make a, a move that would improve them laterally you know i just like especially with the hardaway injury and you know kp and they're not i don't think they're gonna move on from him i just i don't know i like i I hope they do something just for like entertainment sake honestly but at the same time like i'm looking around the league and i'm like i don't really i don't know you know what they can offer compared to the packages that other teams are getting uh which like also this was the last thing I wanted to ask you about before I let other people talk. what do you think about the, the, the Hal Burton trade? I mean the
0: Kings are on drugs. My wife is a casual basketball observer and her first like I heard her downstairs go, What the fuck? <laughs> you know, yeah. because she has it's just it's a terror. like the, the Kings are bad at this is the answer. Um I, I it's it's remarkable how they keep Kingsing. And so as a result, depending on who I was talking with for the day, it was like a day full of people sending, well, can we pick the bones of the Kings? You know, is is it possible to get, uh, gosh, who's their center that we love? The guy with the push shot. My brain's not working. Who's that? Sean Hall. Holmes. Yeah. Holmes has a 15% trade kicker. Like that's like, that's a good, I don't know how the, like the Mavericks would end up with him, but it's, it's, you know, it's just one of those things where it's very interesting to, to, it's fun to talk about this sort of stuff. It's just, for me, my brain is in a different place. So I, I, I'm just trying to get to like Thursday whenever the.
3: I would love it if they could pick up Rashawn Holmes somehow. And I mean, look, we are, we've already seen this with Miles Turner and, you know, Sabonis like, it didn't work, and I don't think that you can play Rashawn Holmes with Sabonis. I mean, either. they have a
0: lot of, like, power forwardy guys. Like, Harrison Barnes is arguably a power forward,
3: depending on what you think. Another guy I would love to see this to the house. God, that'd be funny. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'll let someone else talk now. Sure Thank
0: thing, you. buddy. Thanks for hanging out. All right. Coming up next, we have a new listener. How are we doing, Mr. Mohit? Mohit? Tell me how to say your name when you unmute. because I don't—I I hate butchering names. Give you a second here because it's the first time. When you're on the main page away from the chat, you want to hit the mute button down there at the bottom and it will allow you to uh, come up here on stage and speak. Maybe not. All right. Uh, come back if you can figure it out a little later. Um, Coming up next, Brad, what's up, buddy? It's been a while. Man, the uh, new hey, update uh, is, how you is doing, struggling. Craig? Hey, buddy.
4: Welcome.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Thanks. Uh,
4: Yeah, so I was just talking to my buddies uh, earlier today. I think, um, like, how is now not the time to sell high on Brunson when we
0: can't, right? Dollar for dollar, I think it makes it really hard. He makes, he makes like $1.8 million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if, if, if he made anything like a first rounder, like let's say he was like a top 15 guy and I'm just, I don't know the numbers, but if he was in the fourth year of his rookie deal and was making like five and a half or something like that, then I, cause I can't remember what the scale is then it's just easier to move. Cause otherwise you're basically having to figure out a good player. And then the Mavericks attaching like bad salary. And at the moment, I don't think the Mavericks have any like, uh expiring bad salary. Like they have some bad salary, but it's like, do you want to send like Brunson, Maxi, and someone else away for another like yeah. twelve to four that's the problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess it's just frustrating because like
4: it like talk about like the ultimate tampering time, right? Like he's unrestricted. <laughs> you you can easily say, hey, you know what, like let, let's be honest, like we're not we're not most likely gonna win a championship this year. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to push us over the edge here. We're going to trade you away. We really want to re-sign you in the offseason. Wink, wink. You go somewhere else for the rest of the year, and then pay hey, surprise. We've got, like, 20
0: mil for you when you want to come back. Like, well, that's just, the problem. Uh, Mavericks don't have anything to offer because they're over the cap. So they, yeah. the only way they could keep him is because he's their dude already. Like, there's no way for them to go get him if he were to go elsewhere. Oh, they can't. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I didn't realize that. Didn't realize right? Because like, if you think like, think, I don't know what the cap is. Like, like this is where Scott CBA Mavs is going to kill me tomorrow. But let's say the yeah, cap is yeah. one hundred and twenty million. They have to pay mm. next year. They have to pay Luca roughly forty seven million.
1: They have to oh, pay. Oh, that's right. I forgot
4: that kicked in. Yeah. <laughs> like they're over I the forgot, cap. I forgot. I forgot this is a year.
0: Four dudes. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious.
4: Ugh. So Okay, yeah, never mind. That 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 ignores everything I've been thinking. I was like, oh, I forgot that Luca's extension kicked in. And
0: That's okay. I get it. I got Luca's gonna be on the awesome, team.
4: But I'm yeah, I'm just like, oh god, Brunson's like playing so well and it hurts because like he's like the only valuable trade asset I think we really like realistically have. Yeah. And like we can't do anything with him. But I guess wow. you know, maybe Better than uh, watching uh, Josh Richardson like being shopped to the Lakers for.
0: He's shooting 40% from three. <laughs> I have. Uh, it makes me visibly stupid. angry when I go look at his basketball reference page because it's like this dude was force fed yeah. shots and now he's hitting them. Ugh. Uh, well, <laughs> well, yeah, especially, like you know, uh, I don't
4: know. 15 days ago when Bullock wasn't hitting shots and now all of a sudden he's decided he's going to make everything. And so you're like, Oh, okay. No, yeah, never mind. Now it's a great signing because you finally started hitting stuff. But
0: yeah. Well, the Bullock it's stuff is great. interesting. So our guy, uh, Matt Phillips there in the chat wrote about this and my theory, people don't like this theory, but I think it's accurate. I think Bullock is like a guy who needs to shoot like eight plus threes a game. And if you go look at his box score, he just goes months where he's shooting like three and four. <laughs> So, unless he hits, like, the first two, he's not hitting anything. You there? It got muted all of a sudden, Brad. Uh, oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. There we go. No, I'm saying, I don't th- I don't think that's very surprising, though. Like, for a shoot, like, he is a shooter. Like, he, mm-hmm. he needs to touch the ball and play. And so, like, yeah, like, I think that it's just like Tim. Like, sometimes, I mean, I think, well, obviously, bullock has been more consistent as of late, but, you know, like – you need to be able to shoot the ball, get the feel, get that repetition. And, you know, it's obviously like, I don't know. Bullock and Dorian have been fantastic pair lately. Obviously, they can both play some defense. they long, and they're hitting their shots. So it's like,
0: you know, what more do you ask for? I guess at that point. Yeah, it's been great. I didn't realize this, but apparently the Mavericks have won 16 out of the last 21. <laughs> We're in a good spot. Oh. Really? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
0: I didn't realize that.
4: Yeah. I mean, like that's the thing. Like I want to like make a beneficial trade like out of Brunson or Dorian and then just bring him back because I love them just personally. Um, Sure. But Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just tough because like we've been playing so well lately that like how do you give that up? I guess.
0: Yeah, that's why I don't think they do anything. And then we'll host a green room probably Thursday afternoon and folks who really wanted something are going to be mad. And I get it because the, what I've been repeating in here is that in the macro sense, so going back to pre pandemic 10,000 years ago, whenever the hell pandemic started, the same like seven <laughs> dudes are going to be in the rotation from then until now. And it's that right. is wild to me, but right now over the last 30 games, I can make the argument of, well, this is why you keep these guys together, because look how good they're playing.
4: Well, I mean, I'll tell you the, the most realistic thing I expect to happen um, before the deadline is we extend Dwight
0: Powell. We're going to extend him. <laughs> you know, pay A 37-year extension for Dwight Powell. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. <We> just... <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. His his statue actually is built before Dirks. Uh, it's before Dirks, <laughs> that's a great yeah. That,
0: that's a great take,
4: Brad. Thank you for this. It'll be it'll be him getting hit in the face for sure, <laughs> without a doubt.
0: <laughs> well, thanks right. for hanging out with us tonight.
4: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah.
0: Talk, Talk soon. A good one. All right. All right. Who else we got? Uh, Patrick, you've been waiting a while. What's going on?
6: How's it going, Kirk? It is going. Yeah, it's been a while. I've been listening, but haven't really had the opportunity to stop in and talk. But It's
0: an objectively good profile photo you have there.
6: Yeah, it's a smoking bobe. You know, gotta love it. Um, It's a good win. It was. Worried, you know, after dropping those two games against bad teams last week, you know, and coming off a, a good high where we, you know, beat the Sixers and. Just glad to see that, you know, everything kept rolling the way it needs to. Because um, they got two tough games coming up, even with the Clippers being without their two stars. They have a lot of role players and maybe too many.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, I get Because the Clippers and then you play the, the revamped Pelicans who are going for a, like, they're like the 10th seed. And they just pushed a ton of chips to the center. And and they're just really going to be fighting for for wins, at least you assume they will be. Whereas the Mavericks are just hoping to like get to the All Star break.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's pretty much like I don't know. Th- th- this is where we're at, right? Where we have to win that you know that playoff series. That's how we'll see really what happens. Yep. Like you said, the Mavs don't make any trades or do anything, and they go out in the first round, then we really have problems. And <laughs> You know, we'll we'll see, but hopefully, you know, the way it's been trending, Luca. I mean, if you have a Luca, he's, you have as good of a shot even without anything, which mm-hmm. we're fortunate to have. Just watching the stuff that he does, like
0: how how stupidly good was he tonight? I mean, yeah. just he didn't even. Sh- I mean, he shot nine to eighteen, but like in the first quarter, he was just kind of goofy. And then he's just like, okay, I'm going to kill all of you at basketball now. And the game was over. It's great.
6: Yeah, it was just nice to see him finally do that stuff that we've been waiting, you know, as he's kind of gotten more in shape along the way, like driving to the rim. Mm -hmm. You you just drive to the rim, you're going to get foul calls. I mean, hopefully.
0: (laughs) Well, I was like, I was explicit. You know, I I do a lot of in-game tweeting, and I was explicitly like looking for white people dancing GIFs. And some of the stuff he's like doing on the perimeter, like spin moves and random stuff, just to like free himself is genuinely unorthodox compared to how a lot of guys get open. And he's just, he looks light on his feet. It's great. Really like watching him right now.
6: Yeah. It's, it's like I said, it, that it's sensational. You know, I didn't get to see Dirk in his early years, you know, cause I didn't really, I wasn't really, I was. Too young at the at that time.
0: Are you a youth? Disgusting. No, I understand. Because Dirk, like, you, you put Dirk in a box. Two, pre-2004, Dirk was a different cat than the guy who even made the finals in 2006. Like, his athleticism was wild. So, I, I know what you mean. It's nice to see him move like this. That's why I want, like, an explosive Luca is... Number one, really fun, which is kind of my like modus operandi. Oh no, what's the right way? I can't even say that word correctly. Uh, that's that's the that's what I hope for is like Luca just being nuts. And everything after that is is a bit of a bonus. And and so, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the year when he shows up in shape, maybe it'll be next year, and he just goes on like an eighty two game war path and, and basically says, Hey, here I'm a top five NBA player. It's gonna be fun.
6: Yeah, for sure. Well, thankfully, Twitter wasn't really around, you know, in 2006, so I can fire off my hot Eric Dampier takes.
0: Did you see the video of Eric Dampier Jr.?
6: <laughs> no, I didn't see that video. I
0: need you to go to Twitter and Google, and look this up. Eric is like spell. It's the exact same spelling. It has to be his son. I'm not sure if it is, but it has to be. He is a six foot five sixth grade point guard. It was it looked like an unfair like an nba 2k creator player happened it's one of the wildest videos i've seen where it's like you know you see all these like high school tapes of dudes doing crazy stuff but it's like a sixth grader where he's just like running down the floor dominating it was a riot i highly recommend going to look this up or someone post it in the chat
6: yeah i'll definitely check that out well, i appreciate it and i'll be going to the game on thursday so i can't wait to boo marcus morris whenever they Every time he you know comes into the game.
0: Damn right. All right, Patrick. You have fun in that game. Uh check back in after. Tell us how it was. For sure. All right. You too. Okay. Coming up next we have let's try Mr. Mohit again. How are we, my friend? Hit that unmute button. We'll see if it'll let you talk. Can you hear me? There we go. Am I saying your name right? I feel shitty when I do that wrong. Yeah, I know that. That's perfect. How's it going tonight?
7: Uh, good. Um, fortunately a couple of my points, uh, just got That's said, okay. but no, uh, see the
0: point of group therapy is to get this shit out. So we don't tell our friends who don't care or our spouses who really don't care.
7: <laughs> yes. I mean, the first thing I, I wanted to just point out was like, it was really another like dominating game by Luca. Uh, like, yeah, exactly what you said that second quarter run. I feel like there was just like three or four possessions where he just, he took the ball Uh, I kind of just found a seam and then just, like, drove all the way to the basket and either, like, got a foul call or easy layup or something, and uh, that just kind of ballooned our lead to, like, 15, and uh, we never looked back, so uh, that was uh, just fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I really like when he does, like, the—there are just moments in the game when it feels like he's playing a different sport than everyone else— Because, you know, you look back at the game flow and there were points in that second quarter where it was like a three point game because they're playing that really bizarre, like Burke Brunson lineup, which is just an abomination before God. And I don't want to see anymore. Um, And and, but, you know, they're just like they're trying to like save minutes, you know, protect guys. You don't want anybody to get hurt against the Pistons. And then Luka just comes back in and the game's over. Great. Love it. Big fan.
7: Another another point uh, I saw on Twitter, someone uh, pointed this out. Uh, Trey Burke had more points than Jeremy Grant. So that's a nice little, uh, nice little kicker when the the (laughs) trade coming up.
0: Every team in America and, and the universe and multiverse should want, uh, Trey Burke.
7: Yeah. I mean, he's just as good as Jeremy Grant, right? I mean, his trade, his trade value must be through the roof.
0: It's so funny. I had somebody message me during this because apparently Harp said on the broadcast that Trey Burke is a special (laughs) player. Like Trey Burke is one of the best 500 basketball players on planet earth. But he is not one of the top 300 players on planet Earth, which means he probably shouldn't be playing in an NBA game, alas.
7: Yeah, uh, the last thing, uh, there is a a couple of players that uh, had some minutes today that usually don't get some. And uh, some of them look good, but a couple of them, I feel, uh, just made me want to not see any more of them. Uh, Theo Pinson's two three-pointers just looked so awkward. Like they had no chance of going in. Kind of felt bad cuz I, I really wanted them to cuz uh, the whole team loves him, but yikes. Uh, that that yeah. was bad. Yeah. he is a uh,
0: he is gosh, I'm trying to think. He's like 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 someone give me in the in the comments like a wrestling hype person like he's Paul Bearer. Like he he's just like the the guy who gets the team going. He's just all uh, Rick uh, well yeah, but Rick Flair was an actual wrestler, Patrick. Like I'm thinking of like somebody that never was able to do any oh, Jimmy Crockett. That's a good one. <laughs> Like, just like one of these, like, wrestling guys who's there and getting, like, getting things going on the side but never actually contributing. And then when they do contribute, it's a bit of a disaster. Like, that's Pinson. Like, he might be, you know, a professional basketball player, but he's probably, ooh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. That is it, Greg. Thank you. Um, He's just, like, one of these contributing guys who helps make the team play better. I want to say... The team is now 18-9 and nine since he was signed to a contract. Like, he's just been unreal. Like, the team has been unreal since he's been on it. But, yes, like, like the guys who really can't play the back end of the bench, it was pretty brutal.
7: Yeah, I was also watching a Moses Brown just to see if, uh, you know, I liked anything I saw. He just kind of uh, did a whole bunch of nothing. He was credited to one assist. But uh, I, I was watching, and it was really just like a little handoff to Burke, and then he kind of – Made a couple moves in the paint and pulled up for a jumper. Like I would hardly call that an assist. So it's kind of an empty stat line for him.
0: Uh, uh, Moses. Um, I had a friend who went to UCLA tell me that he, uh, basically stopped watching while Moses Brown was on the team because he's just he just doesn't know how to play. And I think that's pretty evident with how with the way the Mavericks go. Like he plays really hard, but I don't think he knows the right thing to do. He calls for the ball at weird moments. I'm pretty sure if um. If our guy uh, up there in Toronto, Goran Dragic, gets bought out, then then we're gonna see uh, see our man uh, get get released from the team. It's it's a uh, he's just he Moses has just never really learned how to play basketball. It's 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 not fair, but that's the way things goes.
7: Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, I guess last thing, um, Brunson had like a, a quietly like a really great game. I feel like I like I didn't notice his presence all too much, but because box score really pops out and, uh, really contributed. So just nice to see another solid Brunson game. He's yeah. just been the most consistent
0: player all year. You know, out of the whole lineup every night, you, the nights where he sucks, it stands out because you're not used to him sucking. It's, it's really something you're right. Cause he had 21 points on, on, I think like 11 shots, just highly efficient. Love to see it.
7: Uh, yeah, well that's it for me. Thanks for, uh, having me on
0: sure thanks for coming i hope you
7: come back talk soon all right let's
0: fly through some of my uh some of our friends here let's go with uh mr brett what's what's up
5: uh not much i mean i think it was a, it was a good win it was what you know you hope you see him do in any game against a bad team um just kind of deciding in the third quarter you know like that's enough of this um uh yeah i mean like I, I've avoided talking about trades and stuff the whole season, but I do have one trade that I do wonder what the cost would be. Um, Gary Harris is on like a 20 million expiring contract um, and he is notably not out the rest of the season while Hardaway is and is on a longer deal. Um, and so that's the, that's the kind of trade where you wonder you know if it gets to um, if it gets to the deadline, um, and, you know, there's not someone else who wants Harris. What do the Mavericks have to give up along with Hardaway to, you know, to get them to take that contract?
0: Interesting.
5: I mean, because, besides, but like, like, Harris is also injured. He, he is, like, really past his prime. He is not the player he was, like, three or four years ago. Um, But – and obviously, like, that deal is – he's overpaid. But on an expiring date, it does not matter at all. Yeah. Um, And, and so that's the kind of thing is it's, like, to me, I would – I would prefer that because then obviously, like, you know, you get rid of that contract, you know, you get a player who is, you know, a helpful bench player, you know, someone who can, you know, play solid defense, you know, hit hit shots, you know, play. Like he's not a playmaker, but he can, you know, handle the ball off the bench in, you know, 20, 25 minutes. But like, I was just going like looking at what players have salary that could match, you know, that kind of trade. And most of the other players are like, Buddy healed or whatever, where it's the same thing, where you're basically just trading two equally like, like pretty bad contracts.
0: Mm-hmm. The salary stuff in the NBA is going to become more of a challenge, particularly after the next TV deal, where just these disparities between dudes become even larger. It makes me wonder if in the next CBA they will work on something to where in season trades the percentages might be different. I want to say, and I could be wrong, but I feel like you have to be within ten percent of salaries whenever you're making trades. It's some like number that that becomes increasingly if, hard um, to get to when you have huge salaries.
5: If I think like one hundred twenty-five percent.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. Of but that's still salary. like yeah. When you got a guy like when you got a guy like Brunson who makes one point five million, and a guy like Tim who makes sixteen million, it just becomes a pain in the yeah. ass because you don't have
5: guys. Tim that doesn't make, make that. sixteen million anymore. He makes twenty-one million. But
0: it goes down. Yeah, right? but it, it, it yeah, goes, yeah. But it, it's yeah. like like that's kind of where I'm getting at where it's like you know like there's very few guys so it's like we keep talking about the the trade exception that was created by the Richardson trade like no one makes that no one makes 10 million dollars. Like it's guys who make like 2 to 4, or guys who make 18 plus. It's annoying.
5: Yeah, I mean, yeah, so so I like, like if I had to say like you know three players who I think are relatively gettable who could help the Mavs, I would say like Harris like Holmes, who you talked about, and Mike Moscala. Like, Muscala is going to be someone who's probably going to get picked up by a better team, um, like, given his skill set and the fact that he's on such a cheap deal that you could, like, most teams could just absorb him into a trade exception without even having to, like, match salary.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, like, I do hope that they trade Hardaway. I mean, like, well, do, do you know is he out for like when they say he's out for the season? Do they mean the playoffs as well? Well,
0: okay, so it's like that. It's it's that metatarsal injury and Maver. And I want to say it's who was it? Roddy Bois had an injury like this. I want to say Des Bryant had an article like had one like this. Um, it, it's it's difficult because like all feet things come down to like blood flow and yeah. like. It's just so difficult. So I want to say the Mavericks have not ruled him out for the season, but they're kind of not saying that he's going to be back.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing that, like, optimistically, you know, if you're in the second or second round or something, like, maybe he could come back at that point. But it's not something you want to, like, bank on.
0: Yes, that's a great – yeah, that's a good way like, to phrase it. The
5: assumption it. is that he will probably, you know, unless they advance very far in the playoffs, be out the rest of the year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just – yeah, I don't know. I, I, as you said, I think you're right that like some fans will be angry when they do nothing, if they do nothing if yeah, at yeah. the deadline, but I just I, I think that I mean, you know, the wise fan was already angry at them for doing nothing. You know, and that, like because of that previous doing nothing, that's what, you know, that's why they're not in a position where they can. Like they, like they can't, they can't even like they couldn't even make like a, you know, like a stupid move if they wanted to. Like they don't have they don't even have like bad moves available to them. Like yeah, not God. really. Oh, I get it. I get it entirely. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I just the last month or so of watching the maps has been really fun um, in a way that like you know the first month or so was not even when they were like doing relatively well record wise. Um, but um, but I mean the last couple of weeks like this is, the team has been really enjoyable to watch. Um, especially like a, a large percentage of that is. Is Luca, you know, being back to, you know, an MVP level? Hmm, yeah. yeah, and it's like MVP
0: level kind of feels like an understatement with how good he's been. But, <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's been fun to watch.
5: Yeah. It's, last it's, thing is that, is that I am glad and pleasantly surprised that like Bullock stayed in the smart starting lineup and that Kleba played like 17 minutes off the bench and hopefully that will continue going forward. Like I, I really would not like to see Kleba start anymore. Um, like, especially when everyone is back and healthy, like it should be this, this starting five, but you know, Porzingis for Powell, when the whole team is healthy, I would, I would very much hope. Yep. Like, I think it's kind of would be insane to try a different lineup.
0: Well, I mean, the Maxi reliance is – I just want Maxi healthy. Yeah. if you need Maxi at certain moments, like, his best usage has always been 25 minutes. And when they roll him north of 30, it just – he starts to look like a corpse. And he made some jokes in his post game about how he's over 30, and it's like, bro, we know. <laughs> yeah. You can tell.
5: <laughs> like, yeah. Like, if I were them, I would just basically, like – I mean, barring, you know, a game where, you know, Powell's out, Porzingis is out, where he's like, you know – the lone big, like, he, they just need to, even if they would like to play him heavier minutes, like, unless they just are really desperate, they just need to make sure, like, put a a pretty, like, an unofficial minutes limit on him. Don't let him play more than 25 minutes in a game uh, just for the rest of the regular season, especially against, like, bad teams like this. Right, right. Like, need, no need to get him, like, extra run when you don't have to. Oh, well, thank you for hanging out, Brett. You got anything else? Nope. Thanks for having me up. Good
0: night. Yep. We'll talk Thursday. Have a good one. Um, man, I got hungry all of a sudden. I'm like trying to eat better now. Like I go to Orange Theory like three, four, five times a week, depending on what's going on. But then I'll come home and like eat because I'm hungry and I'm a large person. So I'm like trying to like eat a little healthier, and it's just such bullshit. I don't understand how people do this. Robbie, welcome back to the show. What's up?
2: Appreciate it. Um, you kind of already touched on it. My question was about Goran Dragic. If he is bought out, what happens to the roster? It sounds like probably Moses Brown is the guy to go. I
6: think so. Um, yeah.
2: It's my band. Yeah, I, I think that's smart. Um, the other question I had is, if they do have this trade exception, like who's the next man to go? Mm, so like after Moses. Yeah, after Moses. Like Is it Trey?
0: I mean, Trey is really hard to trade because he's not vaccinated, and right. I know like that's not really that. Don't nobody yell at me about this. My favorite thing that happened early in the season is like I was writing about these like practical things, and I'm like, look, this guy sucks and he's not vaccinated. And so I like got emails from like local Dallas residents, like you know, threatening me and such. It's mainly like it's just like if these are the rules in certain places, like you, like you can't play in California, you can't play in New York, like it, it's it's wild. You can't play in Toronto. You can't even go to Toronto. So it's like that makes the limiting factor for him. And he still has another year of salary, I think. And I don't yeah, think Like another to think like that. three and a
2: half or something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Gosh, do they have anybody left that's like you know, I, I just maybe like I think Bobon, but I don't think they would do anything with Bobon. They can't sacrifice
2: Bobon with Lucas guy. I mean <laughs> Right. Right. And plus he's just he's a vibes dude. It's, it's difficult. That's a good yeah.
0: question. Like, so that's my question. There? Like, okay,
2: I, I, I kind of get Moses being the guy because he's got, like, maybe partial guarantee next year and you get you get Goron in. But, like, if they do get to use that trade exception, which I think if they're going to make any sort of moves, that's maybe the the one that's most viable. Mm-hmm. And that's still a low probability. So, But, like, what then? Like, who – how do they shake what they're shaking – from the roster to kind of make this happen without eating more dead cap space like they've already done. I I don't really think, I mean, I think that's part of what makes this also difficult
0: because, you know, I I made the comment that Mark Cuban handed Nico Harrison a hand grenade. You know, it's like an end of shot clock, figure this out type thing. And I'm just like, I'm scrolling through it. I mean, maybe, maybe Sterling Brown who has been hurt a lot. I don't remember the length of his deal. I feel like that was a two year deal that that that's something I mean, at this point, like the dead money doesn't necessarily matter because they're so like they're over the cap already. So it's like they're going to be it's not like they were able to use money, that sort of things. But but that that that'd be kind of my guesses right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's the only question I had was it was a good game to watch. And it's kind of nice to see them hitting their stride into the all star break. And I agree. Pick it up afterwards. I agree. Well, thanks for joining. I hope you come back.
8: All right. Christoph, what's up? Welcome back. Hey, Kirk. How's it going, bud? I'm okay. Well, first of all, before I say anything else, just want to say thank you for you guys to post all the articles on Mass Moneyball and to have those green rooms. I'm uh, literally in my basement isolating from my family, so talking to you guys and listening is awesome. Thank you very
0: sure. much. much Social interaction. It. You never know how much you care for it until you can't do it.
8: Yep, exactly, exactly. So yeah, um, just uh, two things really quick. I watching watching Burke. He's almost like a mini Luca, and that's I think why he's so important to us, right? So when when Luca sits, the team can continue playing the exact same way because Burke is I don't know exactly, but kind of the same player.
1: Do you just mean in
0: terms of like like sheer audacity? <laughs>
8: Yeah, the, because the, like Bert does drives, try shit he
0: has no business doing.
8: Yeah, the way he drives, the way he goes into the lane, passes, and kinda just all around. So I think it's it's similar, right? So I think uh that's why he's important, right? And I think in, in one of um uh the podcast a few days ago, uh whoever was doing the podcast with you said it right. It's like um the maths should be playing one way and um, you know, and that's with Luca in his hand, distributing, getting out to three pointers. And with Burke, it's they can continue doing that. And I still believe that KP is interrupting that, but that's just my opinion. Well, the Burke stuff's interesting because
0: when he's hot, and he, we saw, you know, part of why he got this contract is he was hot in Orlando
8: for like nine games, it was just unreal. Sorry, did I say Burke? I meant Bronson. Sorry, I apologize. That's my bad.
0: Ooh, okay, see, that's why the chat was ready to kill you. Cause they're in there (laughs) like, but yes, yes. I mean, Brunson, that's why, like, that's what makes being Brunson being part of the starting lineup a little more difficult because the, everything works better, but then they have to figure out how they're going to spell like the bench minutes and Brunson, you know, he's 25 years old. It's not like he's an old man, but he's still a smaller guy. And I think they have to be careful with how they treat him. So, so the Brunson stuff is, I mean, he's, he's been, uh, you know, I had some, let's just call them unfair, uncharitable, as my mother-in-law likes to say, takes about how I didn't think he was – you know I didn't like how he'd always shoot. Now he's passing more. I, I just like Brunson's just – Brunson's probably my second favorite guy to watch on the team right now.
8: Yeah, no, for sure. Like I said, he's a mini-Luca. I mean, and sorry about the, the confusion there. Yeah, Trey Burke's like a – he's like a dollar store Montalice kind of thing. Oh, I mean, yeah. So. Yes.
0: What a take. Love that. Love me some monta too though. Just in you know, in special times. All right, we got anything else before we uh move on?
8: Well, uh, that's it though. Thanks again, bud. Thanks for uh, thanks. thanks to everybody else as well. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. All right. Last but not least, Jim, you're gonna take us out. What's up?
9: All right, man, how you doing? You gonna make okay. it? <laughs> I got two real things that really haven't touched on. They may be a little bit late to the party, but um I kind of want to just give some, give some love to Jason Kidd. Um, you know, I really, I wanted to come on like a few weeks ago and really get, really give this take, but uh, just get schedule wasn't working. But um, cause I'm on the left coast over there. So it's, uh, it's really late and weird. So, but uh, East Coast, sir. Um, but, um, but he got a lot of heat right at the beginning of the year. I saw even on other podcasts and stuff like late, like took a lot of heat for that leadership team thing and the leadership council. And, and, you know, I even heard one local podcast, um, really just telling me, talk, basically call him stupid if you don't know who the leaders are on your mm. team. And, and of course, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I guess Nick Saban's the dumbest coach ever because he's always had a leader. <laughs> right. You know, and, and every team that I've ever been on, there were captains. And, you know, when I was on team, my coach met with us regularly. You know, he asked our opinion on things, you know, and, you know, I just, and every organization I've been a part of when I was just, you know, regular level executive. Where there was always a, lead, a senior leadership team. I mean, I have a senior leadership team in my organization now. You know, it's me and a couple other people. You know, that are on that staff. And um, and I've noticed in a lot of the reading that I've done as well. You know, trying to lead young millennials. You know, and then Gen then Gen Z coming up as well. Is um, you just have you have to you have to make them understand that their opinion matters. And it just came out of a highly micromanaged situation. And the thing you get, I think people discount that as much because when you come in as a new leader in an organization, you really have to differentiate yourself from what was there before that was not working. And and yet in their situation, they're trying to achieve some of the same goals. And some of the things that Rick was trying to do are not bad, just the way he was going about them were bad. And if he's going to gain the voice of the team and the trust of the team, he has to go a different way. And really, that's what... um I think he did a great job of with the leadership council. And I think it was crucial when they, play, he listened to them and played all 15 players in that first game. I mean, nobody really cares. It's the first game. It's, it's out of the suit, but what he told them was your voice matters. And I think that's where he really started to gain the team. And I think people are not, they're talking about how different he is now, but I think he's having to be compared to what he was. So
5: oh, God, yes. he's doing
9: a great job Come, coming off a of Rick you know, I think he's having to be this and I think he's, he's playing it just right right now. And that's why we're seeing such good play out of him. Um The other thing I wanted to say was about, um about Luca and I, I went to the magic game and, um, uh, And then also watch the OKC game, and both those games are such low-effort games. I mean, Luca really didn't care, I don't think, in really either one of them, especially on defense in the OKC game. And I, I'm going to make a comparison. I don't want. I'm I'm not trying to hear to criticize him, you know. I'm not trying to make anybody bad because he's awesome, but. I saw it in the OKC game, and, I, and a, a comparison came to mind. There was one; Lou Dort drove off the right wing, and he, he he got a little bit on Luca, and Luca just stopped. And I don't see that very much in NBA in the NBA game. At least they continue on through and try to get a rebound or something. But he literally stopped, and I was like, "That just what are you doing?" And there was another play where Maxi's man screened him off, and uh, well, Max his man screened Maxi off, and Dort was over there for a three pointer. And Luca could have got there, but he just didn't move. He just looked at him and dort shot it and made it, you know, and, and that was earlier in the game. <laughs> yes. It really hit me a comparison there. I've seen that before. Do you remember a, and I'm gonna go jump across tennis sports and try across to a different sport, just hang with me. Do you remember Andre Agassi? In sure. This? You know, when he came on, young dude, a lot of energy, you know, a lot of charisma. Long hair, everybody loved him, but there was a period of time right there. I mean, you know, if he got down two points in a, in a game, in a service game where he's to return and serve, he just quit. He would just sit there and watch the serve go by and just say, I'm just going to get back on serve. And he would do it also with sets. If he got toward the end of the set, he's like, I'm not going to waste the energy. Just go ahead and get on. I'll, I'll jump back <laughs> in because I'm good enough to make it up the next time. The play, that wasn't the great Agassi. That was the fun Agassi. But when he started to become the great player that won all, of, that got one of the all the, you know, all the majors, was when he got serious about his body. He got in shape, and by the end of his career, he wasn't a quitter like he was earlier. He was a guy. If you came out to play him, you better be ready to stay there all day. Because he was in high great shape, and that's what I think Luca is right now. I think some of this stuff we see when de- defensive lapses we've seen earlier are just he's like, I'm just so good, I, I'll just get a bucket on the other end. He gets yes. tired and all of that, and I think when he starts to take this a little more seriously with his body, you're going to see him giving that effort on both ends the whole game. I think when he's able to, but it's going to take a transformation. I think Agassi had to get past that to become, and he's not going to be on the level in the tennis world as Luca will be in the basketball world when we're done. I really don't think so, but he was great, but it took that change and it was a maturity thing. It really all it was. And that's what I saw that comparison there. And, and you know, and I think once Luca makes that flip, flips that switch over we're gonna we're gonna see a whole new level of what Luca can go to, especially on the defensive end. I don't ever think he'll be a defensive first pass point guard ever, but I think he will be able to exert a lot of effort, and you'll we'll see better days coming from that. I really do. So that's my two things.
0: Love it. Well, the Luca stuff, I you know he has enough, and excuses are not the right word. These last three years have been weird. And so I'm willing to give him enough benefit of the doubt long term to think that, you know, hit the way he came in in year two is kind of my my jumping off point for what I hope for him to coming in year five, year six, year seven, year three and year four just wasn't it. Year three had plenty of reason for him to not come in in great shape because, you know, the the um, lockout and all that stuff, not lockout, the uh, this basically trying to figure out how they were going to play the game, how they're going to play the season. Um, with COVID and then this year you know he he was you know, MVP levels of getting out of shape between the Olympics and the regular season really I respect that so I'm, I'm hopeful for for him in future years it, it reminds me you know Nikola Nikola Jokic one of his years one of his like year four year five something for him he came into the season really bad shape and there's like lots of talk about how he didn't really like basketball because Nikola's kind of a different dude and you know he got shaped that at the second half of that year, never really looked back has been an MV MVP winner caliber guy the whole time. So that's what I'm hopeful for Luca. Yeah.
9: Kid I stuff, think that's what's going to happen. Cool. So
0: yeah. that's all I oh, got. Yeah. Man. Uh, oh yeah. Well, the, the kid stuff, I, I like, I liked you bringing up We had a guy come on the other night um, who basically said, you know, he's having a hard time reconciling this because you know, kid is doing well, but he still just doesn't like it. And so I, I, you don't need to like the head coach. I do think that it is valid to point out how well he has done. Um, where I get, you know, just to get this out of the way, where I get frustrated is people are like, well, you wouldn't give him a chance. Like, he was really bad. He was really bad. <laughs> he wasn't good with the Knicks or the Bucks. He wasn't good. I'm sorry. He really wasn't good. But he looks like a completely different dude. He's, he's much more collaborative. Um, he seems to be letting Luca win on the like like learn on the floor. Uh, I wish sometimes he'd protect Luca a little more by getting heated with the rest, But you know, I, I've had enough people point out to me where you know Luca has to Luca has to grow through this, and kid can't do it for him. Um, well, I'm going to fa-
9: say something to that too because I don't think that's what Luca needs right now. I think it's when you're leader is going off that way. I think the last thing you need to do is have the, the other leader, the next most powerful leader on the team become the same thing. Then everybody's going to start complaining. I think kids, I think if Luca calms down, that will give kid more room to be more vocal. But I think he can't right now. I mean, you got to look at your team and look at the balance of personalities and realize where you are. You got to get back on the other side of the teeter totter and kind of balance that out. And I think that's where he is. And I think with Kid too, what really – I didn't like him because he was terrible. I didn't like him in Milwaukee. I didn't – so Brooklyn I, and the whole trying to subvert management and all that, I, I thought it might be a train wreck. The one thing I thought about, though, is his penchant for he does learn and remake himself. I mean, when you talk about the years with the Mavericks, he as I mean, a, a 3 sure. shooter. I mean, on it. I mean, I got to give him that. He saw where the, the way the wind was blowing. He said, look, I'm going to have to do this. So he did it you know, so he's, he's exhibited that ability before. And I think that maybe what we're seeing now. He's gone a couple of places. He's has got fallen on his face and well, this ain't going to work. I'm gonna have to remake myself. And so he did, you know, yeah. and
0: at least to me, well, I mean, the coaching, you know? that's the part that I really like is like the, so you talked about sort of the, the, the issues that happened with um, the bucks where he kind of tried to consolidate power, That's been the single biggest thing that I don't think is discussed because I don't think, like, it's not like the media can bring it up to him where it's like, hey, do you remember when you sent Lawrence Frank into Siberia? (laughs) Um, Like, no one's going to ask, but it's like he's so much more, you know, like like, uh, Igor Kokoskov is incredibly valuable to this team. Like, the out of timeout stuff is Igor, but Kid is letting that happen. And just like, you know, there's a leadership style involved there where you let people you know, play to their strengths, that it's extremely important. And and so if if they can just power through, you know, I mean, they are. It, it, there's no powering through. They're nine games above 500. What is happening is working. And so there's some real credit that is, that is due here. I, I am more than willing to say that my initial takes on KID were incorrect, where I'm not particularly interested in having a discussion with people is anyone and this has happens because this is the nature of you know having sports takes yeah. is people willing to or people trying to say well you were you know you had no reason to feel that way like I had every fucking reason to feel oh. that way he didn't work and well, two yeah. stops
9: there's a book where he's a lunatic like that stuff has to matter. <laughs> well, what about Larry Sanders? Great, that, yeah. you're gonna put your great young star who's kind of excitable in the room with that with the guy who ran Larry Sanders out to the you know to the to the to the home, to the to, to Baker acted him, basically <laughs> ran him off, the, off, of, off of NBA. And but you know the thing too, I wondered if Kid didn't do a little research in because the system that where you got what you're talking about, kind of where you got Sean Sweeney is kind of more defensive guy. Igor is really having a voice. If he went to went to school a little bit on Larry Bird, because that's what Larry Bird did when he came into the Pacers. You know, was it Rick Carlisle with him that kind of ran the defense? Was I don't, I don't remember the other guy. Was it Tex or Somebody was was the offensive guy and Larry was kind of the decision maker. And he really let them kind of run the show cuz he came in that was his first coaching job. I believe his only coaching job, right? You know, he just I came did. in, did that, and then he just backed out to the front office and then that's where he's been ever since, right?
0: Yeah. I don't really remember. I'm at this point I'm tired, but, yeah, this, is you, <laughs> but this is great. Yeah, I got you, man. This <laughs> is great. It's a good way to end the show, Jim. Thanks so much. No problem, man. Okay, guys. So let's talk about the next couple of days. Um, the trade deadline is Thursday, at like three central ish. So the members also play the Clippers that night. I am not anticipating anything interesting happening. I will consider hosting something. Actually, if something breaks, there'll be a green room. So check your phone, subscribe. Uh, download the Green Room Spotify app for those of you listening on the podcast, and we'll, uh, you know, follow me at Kirk Henderson 35, um, and you know, we'll, we'll talk about things live. Otherwise, Josh and I will be back for a normal podcast, which was not done in like a week and a half because he's been traveling. And then we'll do one of these Green Rooms after the Clippers game. I want you guys to have a good uh, middle of your week, and we will talk soon. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for joining Group Therapy, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.